We are good. Shit, that was hard. We just uh, had the most tef- technical difficulties we've ever faced on the TD podcast. But we're here, we're a little queer, and we're live. So we'll see how it goes. Welcome to the TD podcast. It's your boy Drew and Todd in the studio. Today is Wednesday, right? Wednesday? Yep, the 12th. It's easy to forget the days when you're this stupid, but we're here. And we're. it's been kind of a crazy week in the NBA. A little bit, not too crazy. But Pretty crazy. Kind of crazy, a little Pretty bit. Pretty good trade deadline. Not Honestly, yes, a good trade deadline. So we're going to talk about that to start off. After that, we might get to a little bit of baseball. I just switched the order on what we're going to do. We'll do baseball after that. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit of the NFL if we end up feeling like it. It doesn't take too long. So, yeah, let's start with NBA trade deadline. Obviously, the biggest trade, I think the biggest trade is, what, Marcus Morris going to the Clippers? Or... I think it's Wiggins and Russell. Oh, never mind. Yeah, R- Wiggins. Duh, duh, duh. I totally spaced on that one just because... I mean, it doesn't affect this season at all, but, like, yeah, Wiggins and Russell, it's it's the biggest trade. Two max guys, I mean, so... That's true. That's true. I completely forgot about it just because, I don't know, it's Wiggins. But, yeah, no, I. that's an interesting one from both sides. I mean, you could really make a case for it either way because, I mean, Andrew Wiggins, if you're looking at his potential... With that system, the players around him, he really could turn into a really great player. Not they great. replaced Kevin Durant with Andrew Wiggins. When you see that the team already won 73 games before they added Kevin Durant, and then, then they add Kevin Durant, and then they go to the finals three years in a row, and now they replace Durant with Wiggins, I still like their chances in the West to be a finals team Quite honestly, like if they're not favored next year in Vegas, I'm betting on them. They're they're they've been together the longest. They're they have the best management. They have the two time NBA MVP. They have the best number two in the game. They have the best number three in the game. They're they're I mean, I guess okay, Clay and Anthony Davis, you could argue, but when you're talking about Draymond being your number three and then Wiggins being your number four that's right there with the Celtics, and their number one and two is better than the Celtics one and two. So it's they have the best roster in the NBA, in my opinion, with Wiggins being added um, to their next year roster, and they added a draft pick. They're gonna add a top probably sixteen draft pick next season, unless the Wolves make the playoffs, in which they'd be like seventeen or eighteen. So there's no way that's not in the top twenty. Uh, it, it, it to me, it's a great trade for the Warriors because Russell didn't fit anyway. No, yeah, obviously the Warriors took a look at Russell, and they didn't like what they saw. They didn't think he could fit in that system, and they saw a chance to get a little get a little bit younger, um, kind of a player that knows their role. Well, not a little bit younger, but no, has gets a player that knows their role. You know, you might have had some problems with D'Angelo Russell and Steph and Clay. Obviously, they just thought it wasn't going to work out, and so they made the switch. Uh, it's it's fine. I don't know. I think, honestly, I would have liked to see him at least try it out with D'Angelo Russell and Steph and Clay because I do think D'Angelo Russell is a better player than Andrew Wiggins. 
Can I cut in real quick? Where you say that you wish they hadn't. So you're going into next season with Russell coming off the bench? I don't know. I think is you, you might be able to find a way to make it work. If anybody can, it's the Warriors. If not, yeah, then he comes off the bench. He, well, and let's he, say and he he's like, And he's like a Lou Will. So if he came, if he started, he'd be a he'd be a guard or a small forward, whatever. They'd rerun a three guard lineup. Is he gonna have the same impact off the ball? Where like, like basically the only way it would have worked if is if they put the the ball in Russell's hands and said Steph Clay. Basically, Steph plays like Clay, which would work theoretically, but in terms of just. Where they're at in terms of their careers, Steph isn't about to give the ball up to D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is about useless if he doesn't have the ball in his hand. So he's very ISO. Yeah, it's it's very. It just it just it wasn't a good fit with the Warriors, like Kerr said. And I really like the idea of them trying to turn Harrison, uh, not Harrison Barnes. Excuse Andrew me, it's Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. But my, as you can see with my confusion. Their idea for Andrew Wiggins is a ten to fifteen percent version better of Andrew uh, of a uh, fucking Harrison Barnes, and Harrison Barnes was a good player for them. He wasn't an All NBA player, wasn't an All Star. Wiggins has the potential to be that. I don't think he will on a team like the Warriors, but he is he has the ability to really earn his one hundred eighty million. I believe more than anybody that he wants to earn that. That big contract that he uh, he got the a couple of years ago, and honestly, defensively, I'm not gonna say he's gonna become this stalwart because he never has been. But in terms of cutting off the ball when Clay and Steph and Draymond have the ball, in terms of being able to put a body on a guy like if you face in the finals, Giannis, or if you face in the conference finals. Uh, LeBron, you have a guy that even if he isn't an All NBA player, is still a body to put on him, and and he is definitely an NBA starting caliber player. But it's worth it's whether he's worth the max contract and worth being your best player, and he's not. But as your third or fourth best player, exceptional. And I really like the move by them, especially picking up the draft pick. I mean, you're gonna get a pick from the war from the Wolves that this year would be. Top five next year. We'll see with Russell. I'm not sold they're going to be that good, but it's going to at least be top 20. They're going to get a top pick this year with their own draft pick. I really like the spot the Warriors are in. Yeah, it'll be a good draft pick just because I think D'Angelo Russell, even though he is better than Wiggins, isn't that much significantly better. He probably fits a little bit better, but I don't see I don't see Minnesota making that big of a playoff push just because they're already so far out of it that there's not really a point going all in this year. Of course, they're going to try to win. They're not going to tank or anything like that. But there's not going to be that crazy hunger and motivation to get the playoffs this year because they've, they, you know, they straight up fucked themselves losing like 12 games in a row. They had like two uh, losing streaks of over 10 points this season alone. I mean, they're they're a terrible fucking team. They're right above the Warriors, and the wor- Warriors are the worst team in the league. So I don't see him making that big of an impact where it affects the draft pick that much at all. But it, it's 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 interesting. We'll see where how they fit. I think it's a good pick. I think honestly, I think he does flourish there as like a third guy. I think 
being in that system is going to be so much better for him than being in Minnesota where the attitude I mean we saw Jimmy Butler say it they're they they don't know how to win they're losers you know they they don't play hard some of the time some games they just you know it's a culture of losing it's a culture of just sucking and there are a lot of times that's where a lot of good players go to die aka the Seattle Mariners so you know it's when you can when you get in a good situation like the Warriors or a good organization where you expect to win, you're expected to play hard, and you're expected to be a good contributor and be a team focused, that could be that could be really big on a guy that's only twenty four years old. He's twenty four. But he's been in the league like six years, so we think he's old, but he's only twenty four. This guy hasn't even like you know, he hasn't even come close to reaching his peak yet. I mean, maybe I don't know how much better he'll get, but you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, I don't know how much better he's gonna get, but you gotta projecting like, yeah, he he is a possibility of getting better, especially when you look at it. he's had like you know three or four coaches in his career, his short like five six year career, three or four coaches. Minnesota is not exactly like a breeding ground for NBA talent. I mean, he got drafted there. They ended up drafting Carl Anthony Towns right next year after after he was traded there for Love. And then they pour all these resources and love into towns, and you know for the rest of your career, oh, I'm the number two guy. It's just, I feel like it's a much better situation with him, with Bob Myers, with Steve Kerr, with the coaching staff they have, with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to him, Mm. were already NBA stars by the time he got to the league. And then since he's been in the league, he'd become, you know, worldwide superstars. He is not going to come in there and challenge them. He knows his role. He is very, first of all, underspoken. He's almost the perfect number three mm-hmm. because he is, I mean, he's a freak. He's a, he's an athletic freak. He's not dumb. He understands the game. He's been playing for a very long time. He, he understands how to cut. He hasn't been in the NBA for that long, but he's been playing since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. He, I truly believe that in the Warriors system, he will become a better version of Harrison Barnes. And quite honestly, it's them and the Lakers and the Clippers in the West next year, no doubt. I mean, when you look at the rest of the teams and what they're going to be working with, you look at Utah or Dallas or Houston or uh, Denver, none of those teams have the same amount of talent that those three would. And the I, only, I look at those three next season. Yeah, unless, of course, and this happens season to season, is if somebody takes another step like a Jamal Murray for Denver or a Donovan Mitchell for Utah. If you know, if one of those guys takes another step and elevates himself to superstar level, that's the only reason you would be able to like put them in that conversation. But yeah, it's probably a three team dog, usually, three team race. If you see that happen though, it's usually in the playoffs mm-hmm. that season before or in the Olympics or something. Like when you see, you know. Kevin Durant take a jump to 2011 where they get to the conference finals with OKC. 2010, he was balling out with the FIBA team. You know, you look at, you know, 08 LeBron after losing to the Celtics in the in the semifinals in the East, comes back MVP season the next season, 66 wins. You know, you usually see guys there's an elevation to it and we might see it with Denver this year. We might see it with Utah, but that's yet to be that's yet to be seen. If Houston or if uh, L.A. or if the Lakers, if they just take care of those people in the, in, in, or those teams in the first or second round, I don't know if I necessarily believe that they're going to be able to take the step the next season to be able to challenge them. But 
if Denver somehow finds a way to get the two seed and then they somehow find a way to beat LA in the in the semis, yeah. Look, you gotta look at them as a real expectation of like, look, this next season they could take the next leap and you know, Jamal Murray could take the leap. Because for them, I'm not sure Jokic is gonna get much better, but for but for uh you know, their young small forward Michael uh, Porter Michael Jr. Porter Jr., sorry, and uh and Jamal Murray and the guys that they have, they could take another leap. But it's when you look at teams like them in Utah, it's really hard to see them being able to take the leap because I'm not sure. Looking at their talent, yes, they have talent, and yes, they might get better. But how much better do they get? Do they get better than Giannis will get next season, or the Lakers when they free up cap space, or you know whoever it is, the Celtics when you look at their young talent? It's hard to see a team like Denver or Utah. I. Uh, to be honest with you, I think they've capped out, but it remains to be seen. This playoff season is so important for going into next season because we're going to see, you know, if Denver needs to make a move or if Utah needs to, meet, needs to make a move, we're going to see this season. You know, mm-hmm. if Donovan Mitchell or if some of those young players for Denver are going to make a leap, they're going to make the leap this year. I mean, we saw Giannis go from MVP to, holy shit, he's the MVP, no doubt, this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the best player in the NBA Will Chamberlain numbers. Exactly. Will we see them make that jump next season? I don't know, but I think we'll we'll start to see it in the playoffs if they will. Yeah, we'll find out these playoffs. Of course, that's where players shine. That's where, you know, stars make their name for themselves in the playoffs. Let's get to another trade. Um, Marcus Morris going from the Detroit, right, he was on Detroit, right, Pistons to... No, New York Knicks, Knicks to sorry. the Lakers, or to the Clippers. Some Clippers shit, and the Lakers both had an in for him and couldn't... Some shitty North at, Northeast team that nobody cares about. To the Clippers, Marcus Morris. I don't really like this trade for the Clippers. I liked Mo Harkless. I think he was a good player. Um, Marcus Morris is a ball stopper. And even though he's a good three-point shooter and gives you some solid defense, everybody lauds him as this, like, tough guy that gets chippy. And, yeah, he's not going to be afraid of your star player, but I'm not going to tell you that he's a lockdown defender by any means. And, honestly, he's got this kind of Pat Beverly type of aura about him where it's like they're not really that great of a defender. They're just chippy and... They'll get into altercations after the play, and they'll talk. And, yeah, maybe that affects the other team a little bit, but I'm just I'm, – I'm not sold on Marcus Morris making that much of a change for a Clippers team. They also got Isaiah Thomas as well. They waived him. He's looking for a team. I, I don't like the Marcus Morris trade for the Clippers. I mean, d- did they get slightly better? Yes, but I also know – being a Celtics fan, and he was on our team for two years, I also know that there's going to be games in the playoffs where he's not on, and he doesn't realize it, and he jacks up about ten threes, and he makes maybe one of them, and it'll 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 kill them in at least one game in these playoffs, and I know that. And for the Clippers, they better hope it's not a crucial game. Um, other than that, uh, what are your thoughts on that trade? I think the Lakers won that trade. The Lakers didn't give up any assets. The Knicks were asking for Kuzma and Green. 
Look, if I'm the Lakers, you're not giving up two players that are rotational players for one guy that can affect the game on the offensive end, not even in the way that you necessarily want. I mean, the Lakers, they tend to move the ball on offense. You got LeBron, AD, Rondo, Kuzma, uh, uh, Caruso, um, you know, and then the other bigs, Dwight and JaVale. I mean, they, they move the ball on offense, and I'm not sure that, you know, Marcus, or is it Marcus Morris? Yeah, it's Marcus. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah, Mar- he, not yeah, Mark It's Mark, yeah, no, it's, it's Marcus. He... <laughs> that was my Mark. He, yeah. That was my Marquise noise. Yeah, he... I don't know, he's a ball stopper. He's a good, he's a good player to have. Like, if it was the Jazz, I'd be like, yes. Yeah. But with... LA, it's just, you know, I want the ball in the Stars' hands, and he's the type of guy that they'd have in crunch time. I'm not sure he makes the right play every time. You know, he need, you know with the Celtics, he was great because, again, when we had injuries, he came off and was able to give them a scoring boost. That's a chippy team where he fits in like that. And I think with the Lakers, or with the Clippers, sorry, for the team that traded him, for him, actually, with the Clippers... It fits, but it only fits in the perfect way that, like, if it doesn't work that way, it's not going to end up that great. I mean, you like you said, you have a parkless, um, better defender. And somebody else. I can't remember. I they, they gave up a better defender for him. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you look at Paul George and then you look at Kawhi in the playoffs, those guys are taking most of the shots. Then you have Lou Williams, who's taking shots. And then it's like, all right, the rest of the shots are going to bigs and across the floor with threes. Where's Marcus Morris getting his shots? They needed more of a guy like Covington, who the Rockets got, which, again, the the price was a little bit higher than Morris because, again, Morris isn't... I feel like Morris is valued a little bit higher than he should be because Morris, in realistic, if you look at it, he's, he's a guy that you need to come off your bench if you have absolutely... No offensive talent on your bench. Yeah. If you have, you know, if you have a guy like Lou Williams and then uh, and then Montrose Harrell coming off the bench, then you throw a Morris in it. And yes, it makes your bench stronger. But how often are you really playing those three without George or Leonard? I mean, I guess in the regular season it it, it works, but in the playoffs, it really doesn't. And that's that's the issue that I have with them is they got better in the regular season in terms of maybe improving their record which might end up helping them helping them with playoff matchups. But when it comes to the playoffs, I'm not sure where Morris fits in there in terms of, you know, touches and offensive efficiency. Yeah, it 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 didn't make sense for me either. I thought that was a weird one. I thought there was several other teams I would have rather seen him go to. A lot of fringe teams, play, uh, like fringe playoffs teams. I don't know. Well, honestly, with that Clippers roster, I thought it was complete. I didn't think they needed to make a trade. Their ben- I agree. Their bench is really good. They have good chemistry when they're on. They just they don't really try some nights, and that's why they lose. Um, I didn't think they needed to make a trade. I didn't think the Lakers needed to make, tr- make a trade. That's why I had no problem with that. I think the Bucks could have made a trade. They didn't. The Celtics, there may have been a trade in there, but it, it would have been ha- – it would have – it would have – had to have us, you know, obviously like robbing somebody or or Marcus Smart's involved. And uh, see, this is the main thing with the NBA contracts that I have an issue with is like, if they got rid of the ability to 
match contracts, which prevented teams from being able to just offload stars without getting any compensation for them. At this point, because of the way the salary structure is, it would make more sense to be able to do that because if I'm, you know, let's say, who's a really good team? Let's say I'm Portland and I want to offload a contract like Damian Lillard or I want to offload a contract like CJ McCollum. You got to have the assets and not only the assets, but you got to have the contracts to be able to match my contracts because I have the asset and the contract in one player. Mm-hmm. Now, that's where you see the Warriors and the T Wolves work out a deal where they each have kind of equal assets or able to match contracts. But with the Celtics, they wanted to get better and they couldn't because of contract situation. If you had an opportunity to trade for way higher than what you're giving up contract value wise, the Celtics could have gotten better. They could have gotten Capella. They could have given up picks. They could have given up a million different things. The, the Houston Rockets would have given up Capella if the Celtics had gone, look, we'll give you two first-round picks and we'll give you Enos Canner. They would have did that in a heartbeat mm-hmm. because then they're getting two first-round picks back. They're getting Canner, whose contract doesn't equal what Capella's equals, but... They'd get their two first-round picks back that they gave up to OKC, and not only that, but then they'd be able to do what they want to do with Westbrook and, and the whole small ball lineup. Yeah. It, it's unfair that there's teams that can't do what they want to do because of the contract alignment, but I understand why the NBA did it, because if you don't do it, then you have teams that are clearly tanking, and they, they did it. They did it to try to balance things out, but now when teams are trying to get better and the way that contracts are where you have these mid-level and small-level guys, like Jason Tatum, if you wanted to trade him, you know how hard it would be? Because you'd have to get get value back, but you'd also have to be matching contracts. So, like, we basically, we, we literally couldn't, or the Celtics couldn't trade Tatum. Unless they were going to trade, unless they were going to trade a guy like Kemba or Jalen with his contract or Hayward. Basically, Hayward is the main guy that would be attached to a Tatum contract because Tatum's being paid so low right now. But that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense that you'd have to trade both of those players because there's no... Who can give up equal value to that? You're getting the best... One of the best young players in the league and then you're getting a... He's our fourth best player. He could be your second or first best player. It just doesn't... It, 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 it's gotten out of sync, basically, so. There you go. Yeah, it's been, it, it's a tough situation when you have to match the contracts, especially for a player that isn't getting paid that much or is getting paid way too much. But when they have way more value than somebody that's being paid a lot. I mean, you know, you look at Gordon Hayward, his, vol- his value's fallen off the cliff since he's gotten paid. But then Jason Tatum's is through the roof right now. But when he gets paid and then he has a step back and he averages 22 a year on a bad shooting year, he'll, his his value's so low that it's like, oh, he's a volume shooter. He doesn't score that much. He, and it, it just fluctuates year by year. And it's not necessarily fair, but it's just what the reality of the trade market is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Sorry, that was kind of a rant. That was that was a rant and a half. There you go. There's there's Todd Ackroyd on the trade analytics of the NBA 2020. Read all about it. 
No, that's good. That's good. For anybody that has no idea how it works, now they fucking know. Well, like, you know, like, people think, like, oh, just, like, let's do this trade. And it's like, look, like, value is different than what they're actually numerically valued at on the books. Like, you look at a guy like, like Andre Drummond. Yeah. It's just like, dude, the guy, he's a fucking, like, you look at 10, 15 years ago, all-NBA player. He's a former all-NBA player, former all-star. Can't. No one will trade for him. They're like, yeah, we're good. We'll give you two second round picks and contracts that you don't even want. And he's a great player, but there's now just you're no going value. To there's no value there. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard. It sucks for NBA players because. Should we talk about Drummond for a bit? I mean, yeah, no, yeah, he, let's get into it. He went to the Cavs, which makes that the weirdest roster in the NBA, I would say, right now. Now you have Kevin Love. Andre Drummond and wait, who's the other? Uh, Kevin Love and, 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 Tristan and, Thompson. and Tristan Thompson. So I mean that roster in nineteen eighty seven is really good, but the problem is, is that we're in two thousand and twenty. If you didn't know already, the roster in twenty two thousand five no, is really yeah, good. Yeah, but yeah, like, no, dude, that, like now it just is like. That, just that, get that, run that, out of the that, gym. That, that can't play against that, Houston. Houston will destroy you. That roster doesn't win a title in 2005, though. doesn't get you in the playoffs. In, oh, uh, that, in 2005. Oh, no, no, yeah, 2005, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Honestly, it's like... It's just crazy how much different the game is. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. No, that's... Yeah, it's 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 funny. I think in... I think, I think maybe early 90s pre-Jordan... That team prob- probably has a pretty good shot. Probably has a pretty good shot of winning the title. Um, but that's obviously besides the point. But, yeah, no, that's a tough one. I don't know what they do with that. I mean, obviously, it looks like they're trying to Frame go. cap space. Are they, are they, are they going to try and make a run next year? Yes, but if that's if that's if Drummond opts in. If he, if he opts out, which... He's going to opt unknown. in, right? Because what's I his opt I think he opt-in? will. Well, his opt-in's like 28 mil... Somewhere around there. Uh, That's going to be more he, than the team pays him. The way he might be looking at it, though, is, one, his injury. First of all, his agent. I don't know who his agent is. Might be preaching, look, you might get injured. You might get $5 million a year after you get injured. Like, we got to take the money while we can. Yeah. That's what I'm he thinking. He might. And honestly, it's looking more like he'll do that now that he's not going to be in Cleveland. Now, if Detroit was going to throw 100 mil at him, he was going to take it. Yeah. But they were they weren't they were good probably I mean it's undetermined the reason why they got off of it was to get something it looks like they weren't gonna pay him because if you're willing to give him up for contracts and a couple second rounders you're clearly like all right we're not paying you we got to get something you know it's yeah. it's better to get something than nothing but it it I don't know what Cleveland was looking at was like look we have cap space we're gonna if he accepts great we got a star if not we have cap space we we just you know, they they were they gave up basically meaningless assets to acquire and they gave up nothing. So it makes sense for them because if they get him great, we can sign him hopefully for a reasonable contract next season if he opts out because mm-hmm. he's not gonna have a lot on market and then we can turn him into a better version of DeAndre Jordan. Um but it I don't know. I it's unclear where he's gonna go because honestly, where does he go next off season? There's not a whole lot of places that have the cap space to be able to afford him. Uh, I honestly think he opts in and then goes another year in Cleveland because it doesn't make sense for him to opt out necessarily. I, 
I have no idea where he goes or where he fits that would even be successful. So he'll probably go to a team that just is grasping at straws, trying to get a last run maybe out of somebody. So Money wise, it wouldn't make any. It wouldn't make any sense for him to leave Cleveland because he will not make over twenty million a year next year. There's no way he makes over twenty million a year if he opts out. If he opts in, obviously he'll have his opt in option or his player option. And he'll end up making 28. But, like... Real question. Is he still with Miranda Cosgrove? Well, it was with her co-star. Oh, yeah, it was Jeanette. But I don't think he is. Jeanette McCurdy. What a name. What's up, guys? Uh, We paused it for a bit because Todd's tinkling in in the loo, as they say it in Great Britain. And so I'm just feeling time. I want to say happy birthday to Bill Russell. He turns 86 today. The GOAT, 11-time NBA champion, 5-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, 4-time rebounding leader, 3-time NBA first team, 8-time NBA second team, 2-time NCAA champion, and 2-time NBA champion as coach. So that man's got 13 rings. If you're going by rings, which a lot of you old people who still think that Michael Jordan's better than LeBron go by, He's the GOAT, so take that with a grain of salt. I know the last thing I was talking about was Jeanette McCurdy, the co-star of iCarly, but we're done talking about that because I don't really care. He was saying something probably important about Andre Drummond, but I interrupted because we've been at the bar before we started recording this, so I'm one ice and a couple beers deep, and he's a few beers deep, and so we're having a good time. That's why we've kind of been... A little bit loose off the goose this time. But thank you for listening. If you're still listening this far, we appreciate it. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your dog. It's all good. And we're going to get to a couple more trades here. Sponsor time. We are brought to you by Corona. Get the virus. And that's it. Okay. We're also brought to you by Trojan condoms uh, use them use them don't abuse them and we're also brought to you by Cougar Athletics because the basketball team beat UW over the weekend go Cougs me and Todd were both at that game the Cougs are actually having a good season they are 14 and 10 right now they beat the Huskies to go 14 and 10 I already said that. And they got invited to the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational, which is like the third best postseason tournament you can be invited to. But it marks the first time in eight seasons that the Cougs will be postseason eligible. So that's pretty cool, knowing that at the very least we can go to that tournament. I think we got to have our sights set on getting to the NIT I think that's a good possibility for us if we have a good second stretch of Pac-12 play here. We got UCLA and USC coming up this weekend, which is going to be tough. Cougs play tomorrow at 8, I want to say. Late game in UCLA. The Bruins are hot recently. They've won four of their last five games. So it's going to be a tough one anytime you got to go to Westwood and play. 
but I think it's a good chance for us. We beat them last time around, so hopefully we can get it done again. We haven't been nearly as good on the road as we have been at home, so it's going to be a test for us. USC also is very tough. I, I, The goal for us just needs to be to get one win on the weekend, either that being UCLA or USC. And I think if we can get one win out of there, it'll set us up well for the rest of Pac-12 play. Hopefully in the next, I think we got like eight, nine games left in the schedule. I think if we can at least go five and three or four and four, I think that sets us up pretty well to go to the NIT, which would be big. I mean, for not having gone to a postseason tournament in eight years and then to go right to the NIT, especially having the dreadful season we did last year, that would be really good, big for the program. So it's been really exciting watching Cougar basketball the last uh, month or so. They've really come into their own. Kyle Smith is a great coach, and it should be fun going down the stretch. And baseball season is starting soon. I have absolutely no idea what to talk about with baseball because I don't know anybody on the Cougs. I know nothing about the coach. So go Cougs. And... Hopefully we have a good baseball season too, but I don't I don't think that'll happen because we suck at baseball and it's cold here. You can't play baseball if it's too cold or rainy, so that's why we're not very good. That's why the good teams are in the warm, nice, hot desert like Arizona, except for Oregon State. Oregon State's really good, but you know that's kind of an anomaly. I don't know how they I don't know why Oregon State is so good. Why is Oregon State a dominant powerhouse in baseball? It's obviously the coach, but it doesn't really make any sense to me how you can be a great baseball team when it rains all the time. You guys can't even practice outside. Where are the indoor baseball Where are the indoor baseball stadiums over there? I don't know. I guess you just practice in the hitting cages. Hmm. Well, that's that's an interesting one. But uh, you know, the Beavs have uh, represented the Pac-12 well, so I guess good for them. I guess. Eh, fuck them. Anyway, Todd's probably gonna be done pissing sometime soon. Here he is. Look at that. I think he was waiting outside patiently for my rant to be done. Like a good <laughs> like a good patient schoolboy. Yeah. Anyway, um okay. We talked plenty about Andre Drummond. So as much as anybody really should that isn't like a Pistons fan. Um let's see, how do you hey there, are you playing footsies with me? Sorry, it's alright. Um sorry, it's getting kinda hot in the studio right now. Um so the Celtics, uh, obviously tough one last night against the Rockets. That small ball lineup for the Rockets is is it's really weird. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, if you in the playoffs, it's not going to work because when a team gets to play you five, six, seven times in a row, they're going to figure it out and you're going to get dominated. But for this first few weeks of them figuring it out, I expect them to have a lot of good success as long as they shoot well. Um, so that was a tough one, but. Uh, before that, we've won seven in a row. I think that was probably our longest winning streak of the year besides um, the first, like, ten games of the season. So that was good. Everybody's been healthy. Uh, we were definitely banged up last night. I think that's part of the reason why we didn't we weren't able to finish down the stretch. Obviously, Jalen Brown ankles looked pretty tough. Uh, Gordon Hayward hasn't been... 100%. He's pretty close, but he hasn't been 100%. Smart's been in and out of the lineup. You know, just not a whole ton, lot of consistency. And obviously, Houston was on 
Russell Westbrook dropping almost 40 on us, or I think he might have had 40. James Harden was on last night. And, I mean, honestly, when Westbrook and Harden are on, they can beat anybody. And it, does, it doesn't really matter how well you play. So, I'll you know, you take that one with a grain of salt. I still think we've played them in a seven-game series we win. But uh, the Celtics have been playing well. I love it. Jason Tatum is going to his first All-Star game, which is awesome. I can't wait to watch him in it. Uh, Kemba's going as well. This is the first time we're going to have two players in the All-Star game since... Uh, KG. Yeah, t- 2012, maybe 13. I don't know. Yeah, I know 2009 they had four guys yeah. in. But, yeah, it's it. Yeah, we... It's been a, it's been a decade or so. It's been a while, so it, it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to watch the uh, the All Star game coming up this weekend. Um, I'll be paying more attention to it than I have in in years past, especially because the weird rule change. So, it's they start over at zero every quarter, which doesn't make any fucking sense. No, yeah, this is this is true. They start over at zero every quarter, but they're keeping track of each quarter's points and then they add up all the points at the end of the third and then they add 24 for Kobe to whoever has the most points through three quarters and then there's no clock the fourth quarter and the teams play to whatever the best the highest score is through three quarters plus 24 they played at that score until the game's over. That's the all-star game? Yeah. Range. And honestly, I may have butchered that because that's it's so confusing. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big math guy, as most of you probably know. but So I'm going to be very confused during the game. Um, I think it's absolutely awful. I think it's stupid. Why would you bring more math into this world when we have plenty math to go around that confuses me every day so i don't understand why you would do this but uh, you know tribute to kobe i guess i think there could have been better tributes to kobe um things like you have to shoot within eight seconds of getting the ball or like you have to shoot when you're triple covered because that's what kobe did all the time or 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 you never pass or no passing or just do the traditional this game is in honor of Kobe Bryant. You have fucking LeBron James go out there before the game yeah. and give a speech and just fucking have Michael Jordan in Chicago because it's in Chicago give a speech and you just have everything dedicated to Kobe. But the the game doesn't need to change. Yeah, man. Kobe wouldn't that's, want it to change. That's that's too much. I mean, that's should we change the game every time that somebody at the level of Kobe I mean again there's not that many of them and I understand why it's important I'm just saying you know god forbid LeBron fucking died in a hell you know a plane crash tomorrow we're fucked yeah Yeah. like oh well fuck it let's just not play basketball anymore oh let's let's change the number to 23 or whatever it's just like no Kobe played the way he played. He the game was the way it was. Leave it, and he'll be happy. And yeah. it is what it is. Like like they'll change it back. Honor him. After honor this him. Year. But don't. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of ways to honor him without. I mean, the Chicago Bulls hosting the event. They could retire his jersey. They could do the number eight, not number 
well, I guess 24 you could do too. Yeah. Like, there's a million things you could do without having to, like, change the the game of basketball itself. It just kind of seems silly. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm giving all Laker fans a solid, like, another few months before I go into my, look, guys, he's not the best basketball player of all time, and he might not even be top five. But I'm going to give everybody a little, uh, little, you know, little break from Why? that. What? Why? Just because, I don't know, I don't want people to get mad at me. I respect him. I respect him. No, I, re- I respect the, he's him. He's the ninth greatest player of all time, and it's I'm not fine. Sa- I'm not saying I'm not going to correct somebody when they say it. I'm just not going to, like, go at, like go out of my way to be like, he's not top five. I'm just yeah, gonna, I mean, I'm just I, wouldn't, it, I wouldn't go out of my gonna, way either, but I was just going to let it happen. Eventually, yeah. I mean, there's got to be a conversation to had to be had with these, like, Nike heads that are Jordan heads and Kobe heads that are, like, thinking that he's, like, one of the best. Like, like, he's not in the top five. He's not. He's, like, he's in the top ten, and Durant has a chance to jump him at nine, and so does Curry mm-hmm. at, like, 15 or 16, and... You know, I mean, I think, yeah, he did a lot for the game. I think it's similar to Jordan where Nike created this facade that both of them were untouchable when in reality they were very human. They Mm -hmm. were very much LeBron. Mm -hmm. By the time LeBron came around, Nike didn't have this ability to create this facade anymore because of social media Mm -hmm. and because of the Internet. So... The idea that LeBron or Kobe, or the idea that Kobe or Jordan were, you know, any different than LeBron in terms of being able to, like, you know, connect with the fan or the media or whatever, it's bullshit. It's not. I mean, Kobe was great, yes, but, like, I mean, in reality, not the best player on more than. I mean, he was the best player on two title teams, second best on three, which makes him an all timer, certainly a top 15 player of all time right now, but, mm-hmm. like,. I have him ninth. In the future, he'll end up being in the t- out of the top ten because you have guys like Steph and Durant pass him. So, he he's very he's a legacy and he's great for the game and we should celebrate him in you know unfortunately his untimely death. But you know he's not better than Will. He's not better than Duncan. He's not better than you know any of these guys. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, I didn't really want to go into Kobe. I just, you know, it got brought up because the All-Star game was coming up. But, yeah, interesting rule change there. Um, I don't know if that's been redacted, but I know that was a set-in-stone plan as far as, like, a week ago. But, yeah, it'll be be a good one. I'm excited to watch Luka in it. It's always fun when you get a guy that is – wasn't even in it last year, and now he's going to be, like, a main featured star of it. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I think he'll win MVP. He could. I think he go. He go well, but I think Giannis, I think Giannis is going to try and ball out, too. I he think, doesn't hit threes. That's true. That's true. But what if he – What? he's not bad at threes. He's not a bad three-point shooter, he's dude. He's not going to shoot as many threes. He's shooting, he's shooting 33% from three. Um, it's not a good percentage, but yeah. But it's not bad. And if he got hot, 33% isn't that bad. Um, not for a guy that plays the way he does. I'm just. It's not for a guy that plays the way he does and shoots as many as he does, which is like less or two or less a yeah. game. But, like, you know, you can't be. You, if you're at 33%, you're D low. That's bad. Obviously, it's a different position. 
But I'm just saying, like, like Robert Covington, like, 33% is not great. But, yeah, for, for him, where he came from, absolutely. You're right. You're right. I don't see him taking a lot of threes during the three during the All Star game. It de- it obviously depends how the game plays Develops out. And yeah, shit, yeah. It, I mean, I fuck. I can't remember the entire roster, but I know Luca is with LeBron, and LeBron's team is loaded with shooters. And honestly, you could have Dame taking a ton of shots and going for forty something. You know? Do you think a lot of the experienced guys are going to go for it? Do you think a lot of? I feel like. Luca is the youngest guy on that team that's the best player that would have the most opportunity ball handling wise mm-hmm. to hit open shooters and make open threes and dunk and True. get fouled and stuff. I, I mean, I'm just saying that like, <clears throat> another guy I could see being in that situation Trae where Young. they would just drain threes is, yes, either Trey Young or Dame. Just because I think Dame has this perennial mindset of just being fucking disrespected. I'll say that uh, Dame has. More of the of the ability than like Harden or them to to win the MVP during the All Star game. He, because you're right, he does feel disrespected, and he is gonna show out versus he the might, top in the game. You he know? might feel like I need every opportunity I can to gain respect because they're sleeping on me out here in Portland. They are, especially with this year where they're like they're not good. Yeah, no, they're not. I mean, they're not bad. You know, speaking of that, we gotta watch that Memphis they've been, game. They've so been let's... playing. They've been playing really well. Um, Memphis, Portland, and I. It's big, so we gotta get to should. it. So this weekend, just a just a few things to wrap up. Quick questions this weekend. I don't know if you heard law or from this past weekend, XFL had a good debut. A lot of people are saying that it was actually a pretty good product. There, the broadcast was really good, really well done because they gave the rights to the, the XFL. Did it actually kind of right this time? I still don't think it lasts. But I think they have a better chance of lasting than the AFL because the AFL had partnerships with different, you know, not the mainstream uh, producers of it. And uh, it ended up leading to their demise because there just wasn't enough people watching it. But the XFL sold the, uh, the broadcasting rights to ABC, NBC, ESPN, and those type of things for free. And Fo- or, I don't think it's NBC. I think it's uh, Fox. But they sold the rights for free. Because they realize that the exposure and people actually watching it is way more valuable than the money, you know, the millions of dollars they would, well, I don't even know if it would be worth millions. Well, it would be worth more millions. The millions of dollars they would make if, you know, by selling the broadcast. They'd make more money back by not having a deal this year rather than. By getting exposure. Getting a deal and then getting locked into it and then having way more exposure and not even making enough money back on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, so it looked like a pretty good product. Uh, the games weren't bad. I watched. I did watch a little bit of the Dragons versus the Seattle Dragons. Your Seattle Dragons versus the uh, DC. Defenders. What about my family watching on the East Coast? What? <laughs> well, listening. Hey, you New Englanders up there in Boston. This is Smart Pack. Smart Pack. Smart Pack. Hey. What a commercial. No. Okay. Okay. So. Will you be tuning in this weekend? No. But, no, I mean, yes. I mean, honestly, there's I mean, if I really be a if lot I of, didn't have a whole lot to do, yeah. There's not I mean, going to be a lot of NBA on. So, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Maybe. There's a better chance I watched this week. Last week, I didn't watch. I was kind of interested, though. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm never the first to get the smartphone. I'm never the first. 
but I'm definitely, you know, fifth or sixth. If, and and then, <laughs> like, if it if it picks up, you know I'm in because I'm not love first, you last. No, but you call me last. Okay, okay, last. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm not gonna build my day around it like I do the NFL. But if it's on and there's, you know. Nothing. Nothing else on? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'm, watch I'm, it. I'm down. I'll down watch for it. a little. I'm down for a little. I'll dragons. watch it until it turns me off, and then I'll put something else on. But like, porn. At this point, exactly. Yeah. But at this point, like, yeah, no, it looks. I mean, there's got. There, I mean, you know, you got NFL names in there. I'm. I'm willing to watch if it's guys like Cardell Jones and stuff like that. The main thing is honestly what sucks for a lot of players, but you know, not position players. You get name brand running backs quarterbacks and wide receivers you're going to get viewers. Yeah. And I mean, and there's going to start to be gambling and there's going to start to be fantasy on it. It's like a Riley Reed video but the exact opposite. If it sucks, I'm not going to watch. But yeah. <laughs> so it that it's interesting uh go dragons, you know, dragging my balls. Um, and I, th- I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. It'll be interesting. It's obviously, you know what? It's football in February. So that's always, what more can you ask for really? Um, so that'll be good. And yeah, we're going on like 50 minutes now. And I know you guys are probably like, wow, this podcast shouldn't last any longer than 45 minutes. So we're going to sign off. Uh, go Cougs basketball tomorrow. Let's go. Cougs against uh, NIT. Knit, baby. Scout. Uh, Cougs against uh, UCLA tomorrow. We're going to have Ellaby on tomorrow, the next day. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Book it. It's booked. It's already booked. He said if. Dude, I honestly wish WSU didn't lock up the athletes so much because they really do. They don't let anyone really. No, you can't get access. You, you, it's, it's really. Like, they tell them, like, look, anybody approaches you, you, like, tell us. If you don't tell us, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like, they're in trouble if they don't tell them if they're doing media stuff. So it's kind of one of those things where it's impossible to get access. But we'll try. LB's going to be on. Don't worry. Yeah. And if not, I can I can do his accent. So, hi, I'm, I'm CJ LB. <laughs> I'm Boyd Godford WSU Cougars. And that's how you can tell that this podcast has lasted way too long. All right. Adios. Stay safe.